While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Barrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat, uh, whichever whichever you prefer. So in the first hour, we had Bristol County Sheriff Paul Haro. If you missed that interview or you want to hear it again, you can go to the... You can go to the... You can go to WBSM.com, the, the WBSM app. You can go anywhere where podcasts are offered. And you can get a, um, and you can get a, uh, get the podcast. You go to the on demand feature, listen there. If you have the app, you just click podcasts. Go to Apple, you can go to Spotify, anywhere podcasts are offered, and you can get the podcast. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. A floating topic we've had. I shouldn't say floating topic because it's taken up a significant portion of the show every time we've talked about it. And listen, I just think it's really important. That vote's going to come up uh, soon to see if they want to... If the city council in New Bedford wants to put a ballot question forward to end the Community Preservation Act, and I've gotten this uh, from somebody on this Community Preservation Committee, had gotten this fact sheet. I'd gotten it while I was on the air. So, look, if you can send, look, you know, the way I see it, if you can send me stuff on the air, that's fine. If you can send me stuff while I'm on the air, that's fine. That's good, actually. I, I actually encourage it. Um, because sometimes it's like topical or it's breaking news. It's good if you can do that. But sometimes I got to check it out first. And this is one of those things I had to check out and wanted to make sure I could check out. But, um, I did, I, I just think there was a couple of uh, figures. There's a couple facts and figures worth hitting on this just to, um, really hammer home the importance of this conversation and make sure everybody's got the, the, the facts about what Community Preservation Act does, not just here in New Bedford, but in every town in the South Coast. Because, you know, Chris always says, 
as goes New Bedford, goes the region. So if we were in a situation where New Bedford repeals their Community Preservation Act over getting the wrong information, you know, or, you know, yeah, basically getting the wrong information because there's really no justifiable reason to, to, to repeal it. But getting the wrong information, then I, you know, I'm concerned as someone who worked on, uh, who, someone who sat on the Community Preservation Act committee in Fairhaven, that that might have a domino effect. People might see what happens in New Bedford and they go to Fairhaven, they go to Dartmouth, right? And, uh, the Mattapoiset and start, cause those are all community preservation. I think Rochester might be the only town without a Community Preservation Act, uh, that it hasn't bought into the Community Preservation Act. Now, what I'm going to do is uh, when we get back from the break, I'm actually going to pull up an audio clip from uh, Chris and I's interview with Mayor Kim, uh, Mayor Kim, was Mayor Kim Driscoll, Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll. When she was mayor of Salem, she she enacted the Community Preservation Act um, and it, she talked about how it's been you know pivotal to their development. But I got a fact sheet from somebody and uh, on the Community Preservation Committee. Uh, about the Community Preservation Act, and I thought it was worth mentioning. So, so one of the conversations that was had by the city council president on, I believe it was last Friday when she was on Tim's show, she had said, oh, well, you know, since we've bought in um, this, you know, we've gotten less of a match from the state because there's more communities that are Community Preservation Act communities then we've gotten less matching from the state. And if you're just joining this conversation, uh, I think it's worth noting. Uh, just If you just want to catch up on what the Community Preservation Act is, it was a law enacted, I believe, in the early 2000s in Massachusetts that says communities can buy into this um, act, right? And it's a 1.5% surcharge on your local uh, residential and com- um, commercial property taxes. 1.5% surcharge, so... $4,000 tax bill, probably going to have a 40 to $50 surcharge, right? Maybe more, maybe 80, whatever. Um, maybe closer to 80, but even still. But they got, that, that money gets put aside and then the state gives a match. They match the funds to a certain percentage and then communities that like nonprofits or developers that want to work on a particular project can, if they get Community Preservation Act money, one, it can help them with the project itself, and two, they can go to other organizations, other grant funding organizations like the Mass Cultural Council, and they can get a match. So it's like $7.2 million, I think, so far in leveraged funds. So that... I don't know if that includes the money from the state uh, as well, but it definitely includes money from nonprofits and organizations that have matched CPA funding, um, basically funding from the CPA to do housing projects. They've done a they've they've approved pretty much all the housing projects that have come before uh, before them. Um, restorations. Uh, they've worked in public parks. They've worked in schools. Right. Um, even the city government applied for Community Preservation Act money. Uh, when I was in Fairhaven on the CPC, we helped fix Fairhaven High School's uh, windows, right? Um, we helped, uh, with, you know, fix up Livesey Park, 
bunch of stuff like that. All like good and necessary things, all good and necessary public works projects that wouldn't otherwise, and, and some uh, really interesting cultural and historical projects that wouldn't otherwise get funding without the Community Preservation Act. Now, as you know, the new, uh, new Bedford had, the New Bedford City Council has moved forward to try to put a ballot question forward that is put forward for the purpose of building momentum against the CPA. They want to try to have a can- there is, you know, the city council president has put it forward for the purpose of building momentum to kill the CPA. So, um, there were some things that she said about it that I thought were needed to be just corrected. I think she's, I heard her today on Tim's show, a little bit more concil, I think a little bit less, I don't know. A little bit more, I don't want to say conciliatory, but just, yeah, a little bit more conciliatory, I think, in her tone after the coverage this week on WBSM. But I just want to tell everybody, because we talk about leverage funds and, and you know, whether or not she said that the, 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 the match from the state isn't, you know, what it used to be because more communities have bought in. Well, just based on this, it has shown, it, it, it's clear that the state has, an, has, invested more money in the Community Preservation Act, which means they've given more money to communities that have bought into it. So she said less, fewer dollars have gone to New Bedford because more communities have bought in over the years. Okay. Over the last few years, in 2017, 20%, 20% of Community Preservation Act money was matched by the state. 20%, 20% match. In 2018, 17.2%. Okay? 2019, 19.1%. 2020, 23.9%. In 2021, 28.6%. Now from 2021 to 2022, from 2021, 28.6% to 2022, 43.84%. So there is a about 15% jump in matched funding from the state for Community Preservation Preservation Act money. And this year it is 38%. So a little bit down, but it's that's still a 10% jump from 2021. So it's clear whatever happened in 2021 or 2022 that they have increased the funding that they're giving to city uh, cities and towns in the Commonwealth. By more than 10%. More than 10%. So it's clear that the, that the idea that because more communities have bought into this law, that there are there is fewer dollars left for New Bedford, left for the town, cities and towns in general, is not true. Is not true. Because we've seen a 10 to 15% spike in uh, funding from the state. Since 2021, 10 to 15%. So it's clear that they're investing more money in this. Average home value in New Bedford is $310,000, of which the first $100,000 is exempt. $200,000 is multiplied by the tax rate of $14.29 and then multiplied by 1.5%. That is $45. 
So it's, and it averages the average cost to fund the community advancements that would otherwise go unfunded is $45 per year to the average homeowner. City taxes are billed quarterly, which equates to eleven twenty-five per hour, the cost of a takeout pizza. So that's what it costs. That's what it costs here. That's what it probably costs in Fairhaven, Dartmouth, wherever you are. That's what the CPA costs. And again, you can go to the you can go to New Bed you can go to the New Bedford City Government. You can go to Fairhaven. You can go to Dartmouth. You can see exactly where those dollars are being spent. And what projects they're they're going towards, you can see all that. And it's all stuff that you wouldn't even realize, stuff that you may enjoy that you wouldn't even realize. So I thought that was worth mentioning. Um, you know, the city council president did say that the, you know, the, if, if it goes forward, the ballot language is going to be cleaned up a little bit. Uh, you know, you'd certainly hope so because right now, the, as the ballot language is there, and maybe we didn't get to see the full. Um, I don't. I didn't get to see the full language. She said she didn't get. We didn't get to see the full language. Maybe we didn't. But right now, there is no reference to the Community Preservation Act. Whereas the ballot question to put the Community Preservation Act on the um, into local law, it did mention that. So, again. Just wanted to clear up some, I think there might have been some misconceptions that there were fewer dollars being spent. Uh, there are few dollars being matched by the state. It is clear that there's a 10 to 15% increase in funding from the state. So you're going to get more money. And if you were to repeal that act, if you were to repeal the CPA, then you wouldn't get the state match. So you'd lose out on 40, whatever your property taxes are, you can base, uh, you're going to lose out on a, 40% match of that, right? Whatever it's taken out, the $45 out of your property taxes. So every $45, right, you get a 40% return on investment. Put your money in a bank, right? Put your money in a bank and they tell you every year you're going to get a 40% ROI, right? Because you know you got to pay property taxes, right? Everybody has to pay property taxes. Everybody has to pay income taxes and nobody likes to do it. We understand that. But the understand, but most people, unless you're, you know, some libertarian, right? Most people understand that taxes are necessary to generate revenue to have a functional government, right? Most reasonable people, actually, every reasonable person knows that taxes are a necessary function. There may be some agreement or there may be some disagreement on how much taxes, you know, there should be or where those tax where those taxes should be, but people uh, I think generally agree that you need taxes to have an operational government. So if you're going to pay taxes and some of your tax dollars are going to get at least, this is at least, this is just money from the state, not to mention money from other organizations that use CPA money to get more funds. If you're going to get at least a 40% return on investment, I think that's a pretty good deal. I think it's a pretty good deal. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program this evening. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Open phone lines till 10 o'clock. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow, and this is 1420 WBSM. 
welcome back. I see some calls, calls on the line where you can get to in one second. I just want to play this clip uh, from yesterday, the interview with Lieutenant Governor uh, Kim Driscoll. So, um, Madam Lieutenant Governor, uh, just one more question. It, it is pertinent to housing, which has been the sort of the dominant topic of the conversation, um, but it's also sort of a local issue that's been coming up here. Um, one of the uh, members of the city council here is, is moving to end the Community Preservation Act participation for New Bedford. I know Salem's in Community Preservation Act uh, um, a municipality, and uh, I believe it was enacted while you were uh, mayor uh, of Salem. How how important was that to Salem in some of the development to include housing uh, in in your community? Yeah, it's been a vital tool for a number of communities. You know, if you pass the Community Preservation Act, it requires you to go to the voters and ask to put it on the ballot. You're asking your community members to pay a little bit more in terms of their local surcharge on their property taxes. But what you get for it in return is a pool of resources that can be used for historic preservation, for parks and open space, and for affordable housing. And so for us, especially the last couple of years, we really leaned in to make sure those resources were utilized to support the addition of affordable housing in our community. And I think cities like New Bedford and Salem, these historic communities, there's so many needs, right? Uh, From the park, rec, and open space component, from the historic preservation, and also from affordable housing. So it's been a really key tool. And um, I know Boston just adopted it over the last last couple of years. And, you know, it's something that city and town leaders can, you know, work with community members to put on the ballot and adopt. And it it can be a vital way to help fund much needed uh, housing options uh, in in a city or town. That was Lieutenant Governor of Massachusetts on the importance of the CPA. So uh, that was from yesterday's interview. If you want to hear that full interview, it was really good. Um, She's uh, mayor, I mean, not mayor, Lieutenant Governor Driscoll's a a very good interview. Um, One of my favorite interviews, actually. Um, people to interview, I should say. Um, so, so go check that out in the podcast. Uh, but five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. Hey, good evening, Marcus. How you doing? I'm doing well. I hope you're doing well. Um, Great. You know, one thing I um, I didn't want to talk about CPA, but I sure. I know that's been a topic of yours. I um, I did not realize that CPA could be used for affordable housing. My understanding of the CPA was the Community Preservation Act. They've used it particularly in Fairhaven, your town, right? Yeah. I, I assume you're a resident. I know you're an elected official there. Yeah, like I, the I CPA, am. Uh, I'm no, actually, I'm actually no longer an elected official. I, I, I oh, okay. uh, stepped down because, uh, because this show, basically, I got, I don't know, I don't know any time because of this show. Oh yeah, no, know, but I mean, but, well, but I mean, but you're, but you're a Fairhaven guy. Yeah, and I, respect. and I, and I sat on the community preservation uh, committee so for some they, time. They bought the, um, I'm going to say that Nantucket. Nant- I can never pronounce the cove with the farm that that runs down. Nascatucket. Nascatucket. Yeah. Yeah. So they they use the funds there to uh, preserve that property mm-hmm. from being developed, right? And, uh, and the public access. Yeah. I mean, so and and in my town in Mattapoise, that they use CPA money to. It was an old quarry off of Route Six by Mattapoise at Neck Road. They. They use CPA money, and, and my understanding, just limited as it may be, was that it was for preservation to prevent development of, you know, the kind of natural resources. The idea that it, 
had something to do with affordable housing was I, that's the first I heard about that in the last couple of days. Yeah. So, um, you know, when you get the so so there's a certain, I think, percentage that's determined by the state on how much you can use for certain projects. But it's always going to be used in a few areas like recreations. One of them housing is actually one of the earmarked areas that you can use it for. Uh, historical preservation is another area. So, and some of them, you know, some of that can overlap. Some of it can be housing and historical preservation. There's a couple others that I might be forgetting, but basically, uh, like park, uh, open spaces, recreation, uh, housing is one of them, and uh, historical preservation. A couple other things. Yeah, um, you were big on on the uh, the Pope's Pope's Island Park. Like that was critical up there, right? Yeah, I was. Uh, I will uh, to yeah to not get to get rid to not. Uh, I, I remember the not have paid parking. Um, uh, that was my that was one of my crusades here on on the radio. Yeah, yeah. But no, and that was all. That was all. Hey, hey, sometimes you're righteous. Some, you know. Some listen, Marcus. I do like you. Sometimes you're righteous. You know. Sometimes you're a lunatic, right? <laughs> um, I hate that. Well, I mean, not a lunatic. I that's not the right word. Some, sometimes, sometimes you're out here a little bit. So you started. The reason why I called was you. I'm talking about return on investment, mm-hmm. as if we had a choice. Well, you did. I mean, the the, the voters in Mattapoisett must have must have bought into that. Well, 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 well. I'm not talking about the the vote, but, but return on investment is a a really capitalistic notion, mm-hmm. and it's in and you know in free markets, you 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 chase in, in pure capitalism, which you don't have. Free markets, uh, uh, capital chases the highest return on investment. Yeah. So instead, what we've what we've got going on now is some crazy stuff. So, I, and I did enjoy your article. I can't quote the percentages of the the one percent of the state budget commitment. To, oh, uh, uh, the um the, to yeah. the executive office of environmental uh, energy and environmental affairs. Yeah. yeah so <clears throat> I noticed that only five percent of that was going towards. Um, they, actually, they called uh, they included housing, but you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, flood flood protection and and I can't remember exactly how it was uh, described. Oh yeah, was, uh, flood like, protection like, erosion. Sixty percent or so was to um, something like they they, they loosely call um, um, environmental environmental uh, justice. justice. Yeah, which is I think to fund um, communities that are most in, or help communities that are most impacted by the um, fallout of the crime, climate crisis. Or, or they've been, or, or been um, disproportionately disparaged in the yeah, past. Yeah, basically. So very, you know, very kind of foggy stuff. So I, I just agree. would point everybody uh, in our area, one of the greatest um, things that we've done, uh, you know, in the greater New Bedford area, which would obviously include for Haven because it's half the harbor, is the hurricane barrier. Mm-hmm. That's something that actually protects us. That's mitigation, as opposed to saying, "Well, we're going to, you know, for instance, we're going to ban gas stoves, so that's going to keep the water from rising slower. <laughs> we'll, we'll charge more money to every." No, but I mean, but you have to be smart. Think that's money. A, yeah, yeah. And and, if, and, and just I, and, and the mm-hmm. last point, and I'll and I'll get off. Thanks for the time, Marcus. Is Anytime. that? The, the CEC, the uh, I always forget the name of the, the southern port just inside the hurricane barrier that they built for the uh, the Marine Commerce Terminal. The Marine Commerce Terminal. Yeah, I think it was 112 
million dollar project, and it produced about seven hundred feet of bulkhead. For and 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 if you look at other projects that happened at the same time, and you can't compare apples and oranges, there were some unique problems there. They had the blast. They had some contaminated soil, but for one hundred and twelve million dollars to get seven hundred feet of bulkhead. For $112 million in other parts of the country at the exact same time, you know, 2012, 2010. Can you explain? I don't know what you mean by 700 you, you feet of bulkhead. times as much bulkhead space for $100 million. That was, that was one of the most wasteful uh, expenditures of state Can you money. sort of explain what you mean by bulkhead space? Because I'm, I'm not familiar. Okay. So a ship pulls up to a pier. And, and the ship, you know, so a 300-foot ship needs, you know, 300-plus feet of bulkhead to, to put their lines on. Okay. Right? And the, the one down at the e-commerce terminal, I think, has about 700 feet. You can get two 300-footers in there, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's closer to 600. But it was a very high, and you know, and they dug out the channel so they can get in there. I think it's got, I think it's got about, I, I don't remember the exact numbers. I think it's got 25 feet or so depth. Okay. Um, and it's behind a, it's, you know, it's a nice spot. They, they, it's got soil compacted enough so they can do heavy lifts. They can put a heavy crane there. You know, it's, they did do a, they provided a spot, but the price tag was extraordinary. And now they're going to spend some more money and it's just not the greatest. You talk about return on investment. Uh, Marcus, that the governor, the new governor, uh, the old governor, the current president, the last president, the next president, the, when there's a good idea, the free capital money will follow to it. When they, the government decides who the winners and losers are, the taxpayers are always going to be the loser. And that's kind of my sentiment i know we disagree on that stuff mm-hmm. but thanks for the time marcus thanks for the call and I... happy thanksgiving i mean happy, <laughs> happy st patrick's day thanks i appreciate it you too see you pal thanks 508-996-0500 yeah i mean i'm just basically saying you know if you want your tax dollars to be spent effectively towards things that are good uh, uh, things that undoubtedly positively impact the community that's what i mean by roi um, for your tax dollars, uh, that's, I think the CPA is a good bet. I mean, including the lieutenant governor does, right? She talked about it. She's mayor of Salem for, before she was lieutenant governor, she was a city councilor. She was a municipal attorney and she was, um, mayor of, uh, I mean, then she was mayor of, of Salem for whatever it was, uh, 17, 18 years before becoming lieutenant governor. So, um, definitely, Trust her opinion on that. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program or or we'll take your uh, messages on the WBSM app chat. It is St. Patty's Day. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any St. Patty's traditions. I suppose uh, I'd be interested in hearing them. Uh, I don't really, like I said, I don't really have any. I go to the gala, which is always the Saturday before St. Patty's Day, the Friendly Sons Gala. That's my, that's the extent of my participation. I probably won't go to the half marathon, but you should go to the half marathon. Well, it's going to be cold is what uh, apparently, but you should go anyway. It's, it is a great event. It's a great event. Maybe I will go.
Maybe I will go. But 508-996-0500. That's how you can join me this evening. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow, and uh, we're going to take a break. 1420 WBSM can now be heard on 99.5 FM. Pollution from trucks is a public health crisis. Diesel-burning trucks belch dangerous levels of pollution. And communities living near ports and along freight corridors breathe especially high levels of this dirty air. But this crisis has a solution. My name is Sasan Sadat, and I work for Earth Justice. I'm working to clean up our air quality, particularly for communities that bear the burden of diesel pollution. For the sake of our lungs, our health, and our climate, the future of trucking in this country has got to be zero emissions. Until then, I will never rest. Earth Justice is a national legal nonprofit defending the environment and people's health. Earth Justice is fighting to save lives, protect our climate, and strengthen our economy through the shift to zero emissions. If clean air matters to you, visit us at earthjustice.org. Earth Justice, because the earth needs a good lawyer. Did you know that when you make time to do three simple things each day with your children, talking, reading, and singing, you're helping to shape and strengthen their brains for the years to come? I love to look at the pictures in a book and notice little details about the characters. I pause along the way to ask my child to wonder about how they might feel. When you ask open-ended questions like, what do you notice? Or what do you think will happen next? You're inviting them to be curious. All these rich conversations help develop both their vocabularies and their thinking skills. And it's a great way for you and your child to bond and discover the world together. As a father, helping my child is the most important thing to me. Each of us has the power to create a strong start for our children by talking, reading, and singing with them from the moment they're born and help them to enter school ready to learn and succeed in life. Visit TalkingIsTeaching.org for free tips, resources, and ideas on how to transform everyday moments into magical moments for learning. Veterans and their families are popular targets for financial fraud. Scammers may try to defraud you through misleading commercials, emails, texts, cold calls, or online ads. They may even pose as someone from VA or an organization providing discounts on fees for services. But VA will never charge you for processing a claim. Do not provide your personal information to anyone other than a VA-accredited representative. To find a representative near you, visit va.gov forward slash find rep. Kids across America are going to school hungry. Millions of kids every day. Hungry kids get sick more often and can struggle in school. It can be harder for them to focus and learn. But one simple thing can help change all of this for a hungry child in America. Good, healthy food and the energy it brings. With help from caring people across America, No Kid Hungry is providing healthy meals and hope to hungry kids so they can build better futures. We want to ensure that all of our kids have healthy meals every day. Thank you. Thank you for helping feed our kids. To learn more about ending child hunger in America, go to HelpNoKidHungry.org today. Get breaking news alerts. Stream audio. Send us text messages 
and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. Or um, we'll take your message on the WBSM app chat. Just sort of buttoning up that this Community Preservation Act uh, conversation for the evening. I Because I, I kind of do want to in the next going into the next hour talk about um offshore wind and i don't kind of want to do it i definitely want to do it and actually we've got the mayor on chris and i have the mayor on next week so there'll be more conversation around that um around the specific thing i want to talk about but um, just to button it up, some because I, I got a message on the app chat um, asking uh, if the ballot question passed because um, there might be some confusion. The CPA ballot question. So the the a, few, a couple weeks ago, the city council passed three, or was it last week? They put three ballot questions forward. One was asking people if they want to reconsider the four year term. The other one was the rent stabilization ballot question and the other was this community preservation act um i'll say two of those came out of nowhere one of them one of them i'm not surprised by which is the rent stabilization one because again that's been a statewide conversation boston was working on it somerville's considering it oregon just last year passed um a rent stabilization law statewide um so it's something that's been and there's been sort of momentum building towards that for some time not locally right they're not locally and i think chris had a good point as to you know you want to build that momentum locally by having more public conversations instead of just sort of putting on the ballot but i will say i want to give Councilor burgo credit where i think it's due is that he has definitely i think really moved a, a housing conversation forward here in a way that probably hasn't been before by putting this ballot question forward, right? Um, so I want to give him credit for that. I think that it's because of this ballot question that there's been a lot more talk about it. Now, obviously, we've been talking about housing for a while. Uh, you know, um, the, the governor, and lieutenant governor, came on to talk about housing specifically. And we're not her only me- – we weren't her only media stop this week, Right. Um, she's making a couple others over the weekend. She's going to be on on the record uh, on Sunday. I saw, and um, I think she's going to be somewhere else over the weekend. Right? She's making a few media stops to talk about these. This, I think, this specific issue. Maybe others, but I think this specific issue. So, it's something everybody's been working on. But I think locally, that conversation has been, I think, supercharged by Bur- by Councilor Burgos. Um, ballot proposal. Now, I do think it's made to look more silly by putting these other bad questions next to it, as I've said before. Um, but to that point, it hasn't passed yet. So what's going to happen is there's three ballot questions. that for, Do you want a four-year mayor term? Do you support or do you want to repeal the Community Preservation Act? Do you support, should New Bedford work towards passing a rent stabilization question uh, ordinance? Basically the three questions. Don't have the exact wording down, but that's the spirit of them. They got to go to the mayor's desk. He's got to sign them. He's probably 
what Councillor Burgo said, and um, I'll ask him on Wednesday, or Tim will ask him on Wednesday, but he's probably going to, if he hasn't already, he's probably going to veto all three ballot questions. Now, two of them right now have the votes to override a veto. So you need eight votes in the chamber to override a veto. And in most legislative bodies, it's two-thirds to override a veto. So in the Senate, in the ha- so in the Senate, it's 67 senators, I believe it is, um, to override a veto. So they have the eight votes. They have nine votes in on the rent stabilization question. They have right now 10 votes on the four-year mayoral term. They have seven votes on the ballot question to, to uh, gut the CPA funding. Now, seven's not enough. You have four counselors, um, Giesta, Abreu, Markey, Lima, that had the good sense to vote against that ballot question. Um, if it gets back to them for a vote, seven is not going to cut it. So that ballot question could could die there. So if a counselor may have made an error in judgment and saying, oh, it's non-binding, it's not a big deal, right? Not sort of realizing or maybe change their mind based on, you know, what the Community Preservation Act has done for their community, uh, but done for their specific communities. They have a second bite at the apple. They can vote to not override the veto. But even if they do, even if nobody changes their vote right now, they cannot override the veto on that. And I think that's, again, I think that's a really good thing. So that's to button up that conversation because I do want to move on to offshore wind. That's the current situation. Um, and in the, earlier in the hour, and if you missed it, you can go check back on the podcast. Earlier in the hour, we talked a little bit about uh, some uh, information I got from somebody that is on the Community Preservation Committee, but some facts and figures uh you know, just breaking down numbers, how much state match there actually is, how much it costs the average taxpayer, average property taxpayer, not just here, but, you know, in every city and town in the South Coast. So that's it for that conversation pretty much for tonight. Unless you want to call me on it, if you have any more questions you can or comments, you can give me a call at 508-996-0500. But I actually... Uh, someone's asking me, has Linda Moore attempted to communicate with the people at their WBSM or Defender Stance? Yeah, she was on with Tim earlier today. Um, uh, that was Marcus Simino in New Bedford. Has she, yeah, she communicated, yeah, she was on with Tim earlier. She's on with Tim every week. So Tim asked her a few, few questions. She answered them. Um, I think a little bit more, like I said, seemed a little bit more conciliatory, maybe based on some responses, maybe based on some of the coverage. But, um, you know, I, I sh- yeah, she was here to defend her, her position. It, it, you can check it out on, um, to be fair, you, you know, you can check it out on the uh, Tim Weisberg Show podcast. She's here every week. So, again, I, I, you know, it's difficult to see justification for it. And I know that most city councilors don't want it. So it doesn't make any sense. Um, it does, just doesn't make any sense. And it's going to do irreparable harm. Um, if that if that if that act is gutted, it's going to do irreparable harm to the community and maybe irreparable harm to the surrounding communities. If 
I don't know, it starts some type of movement because like McCarthy said, as goes New Bedford, goes the region. It's really important. It is really important. That, that law is really important. That funding is really important. Um, and, you know, I guess if uh, hopefully we can sort of highlight some of the good work that the CPA has done in all of the communities around here. And maybe that's a positive outcome of this sort of, I think, reckless endeavor um, to put this ballot question forward with little discussion or context. 508-996-0500. I'm going to take this break. Hey, welcome back to the show. Again, I want to talk about offshore wind, uh, some interesting developments in offshore wind, uh, and some conversations I had, um, just, you know, very brief conversations I had with some elected officials and, and all that. Public ones. Uh, on the record ones. So... Uh, on on that whole uh, avant grid situation, and so and I know the mayor is going to want to talk about it next week when he's on with us, and we'll definitely do that. But five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. If you want to join me in the third hour, I mean it's open phone lines. Whatever you guys want to talk about, if you want to talk about St. Patty's Day or whatever, that's cool too. But um, but uh, I guess I mean I don't know what you know. I don't know what we could say, but uh, open phone lines. But I do want to talk about some of these offshore wind developments that are happening, uh, and it's it's going to be something to to look at going forward. So five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get on the program this evening. Also, take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Stay tuned for the nine o'clock hour.